Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. Like, I'm not the one who's been gone. So, you know what? Welcome back because we all been gone, right? <laughs> you tuned into another episode of Two Lit Tuesdays right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia. Guys, you haven't been gone so long that you, like, really don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I shut down completely. I just, when we logged off last Tuesday, like, I shut down completely. So I don't know what's going on. I I shut down. I, I sent a message to someone. I said, I'm turning off all social media. Like, I'm shutting down all devices. And that's a lot of devices. I'm shutting down everything. Like, when I go on vacation, started on Wednesday night. So when I go on vacation this time, like, except for, you know, to be able to communicate back and forth, you know, with my moving crew, um, I am not going to, like, be in connection with anyone and that lasted it lasted for like a day or two like I had to pop up on you know some social media just to see some things but I wasn't really talking to anyone and so by like day three I had people like questioning me like oh my gosh like are you okay is everything all right what's going on you know, and I'm thinking, you know what, this would be, like, the perfect time to just, like, deactivate everything. Um, because anybody who's anybody, that's anybody, that's anybody who knows me knows what went on last week, right? So I shouldn't have to tell people what's going on, right? So I thought, you know, I'm going to start weeding people out just, like, right and left. And I started just deleting people by the hundreds. Like, it should be an easier way to start deleting people, not realizing that the more people I deleted, it just opened up space for more people to be like, hey, you know, follow friend request, follow. In my dumb self was, um, like, liking, like, accepting. Like, you know, as, as soon as I was deleting, more requests were coming in. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I've been waiting to connect to this person or I've been waiting to connect to that person. You know, and Facebook thought they was slick, my crazy self, right? And so y'all know what happened? I, I messed around and deleted my boyfriend. And my, I would delete, like, three boyfriends, right? And and now they're all mad at me, which is it's good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, But... I said all that to say, 
at the end of this month, like, I think I'm going to wean off of social media. I'm really going to just, because this, this vacation that I haven't had in two years, even though it's, like, really just, you know, like, a getaway, it wasn't really a vacation. It was just, you know, some seclusion. It was very much needed, and I just gave me the time to just think about life and put life into perspective, and um, I recommend people do that, like, on a weekly basis. Like, don't wait two years to do that. Just do it on a weekly basis because people that wait two years, you got a lot of stuff that's built up. You start realizing things that are of the utmost importance. And a lot of this shit that I value and I put ahead of things that are really of importance really aren't important, you know? So I'm going to slowly begin to wean myself from social media. Um, and you're going to see the show's presence a lot. And you're going to see that's ran by other people. And I'm going to step away and allow them to do what I've been wanting them to do for so long. Um, and my presence is just going to not be there quite as much. Um, you'll know how to get in contact with me if you need to. Uh, but I think I need to just uh, invest my time and energy in areas that are much more needed. I need to get back to uh, the basics and, you know, be more rooted in those things. I talk about it all the time up here, how artists um, need to be out in their communities and um, standing firm on their platforms. And I've allowed my platforms to um, just kind of let other people run those. And so um, I'm going to get back out there and start standing on my platforms. Not necessarily meaning I'm going to, you know, Indy Fire is going to go downhill and I'm not going to, you know, because this is the baby right here. Um, but I'm just going to allow other people who want to um, get their foot in the door. I'm giving them the opportunity just like somebody else gave me. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, you guys know what this Friday is? I know I'm skipping a whole day because we got a show on Thursday. But this Friday, my, my real boyfriend, um, um, his new album is going to be released. I'm talking about Jadena, 85 to Africa. Uh, new music, finally, he's been giving you singles. You know, like every other week, the singles have been dropping. And so uh, the album comes out this Friday, 85 to Africa. Of course, tickets went on sale. Um, August the 2nd, if you haven't gotten your tickets, um, the tour stops. They start in Cali on the 2nd of October. They're going to end in Cali on the 16th of um, November, and there's like 30, 27, 22 stops. Um, he's going to be hella busy, so um, I'm sure he's going to be coming to a city near you. I got I got the stops posted on my social media so if you need to know where he's going, um, I can let you know. I also got some extra tickets in some cities as well that were gifted to me. So anybody in Atlanta, if you want to go, November the 5th, that's a Tuesday. I got two tickets for Atlanta. I'm um, if you want to go October 30th in Brooklyn, I got two tickets for that if you want to go as well. Hit me up. Um, 
So that's four tickets I got if anybody wants to go. That's um, Jadena, um, again, October the 30th in Brooklyn and uh, November the 5th in Atlanta. All right, so just let me know. Um, other than that, I really don't have any news because I've been moving. My kid's at college now. She's all moved in, and um, she, she's super excited. I'm excited for her. My son's doing well at Fort Bliss. I'm excited for them. Um, so that's where I've been at. I've been in in a little bubble. I don't really know what's going on in the outside world. Um, somebody needs to fill me in on that chicken thing. I've been seeing, you know, the post about the who got the better chicken. Somebody does need to fill me in on that because uh, I really, again, I, I don't know, and and I don't eat meat, so uh, I, I don't know uh, what's going on. But fill me in and let me know what's going on with that. Um, other than that, I, I can't give you any, um, can't give you any news. Can't talk about ASAP because that was, that was so last week. Like everything I could talk about was so last week. I don't, I don't know any, any, any recent news other than tragedies. So and we don't want to talk about that. We keep it loudly up here. Right. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited tonight as always uh, for my guests that we have this evening. Um, I'm excited because you know, I, I typically do not listen to the music prior to the show, uh, maybe one or two songs, um, but uh, I didn't get the opportunity to listen to this artist until today, right? And I only listened to a snippet of the song because um, I only have one track from her, so I only listened to just a little bit, and I wanted I wanted to hear more, like, and I kept just, like, you know, um, doing a playback on this, I mean, like 15 seconds just so I could hear, you know, her voice. And I kept going back, right? And I kept going back. And I go like two seconds more. And I kept finally, I was like 22 seconds in. And I was like, all right, so let me stop. Let me stop. I don't want to hear any more, you know, because I don't want to spoil it. I want to be just as excited as the listening audience. Um, shout out to Gregory Beasley. Um, he has sent uh, some phenomenal voices uh, this way, um, some phenomenal artists this way um, over the course of um, – our time on this show and our previous show. I don't know where he'd be getting these voices from, um, but uh, shout out to you um, for, for what you're doing, finding these amazing uh, artists, this amazing talent. Um, so thank you. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. I'm talking about uh, our guest this evening. We could just tuning in here on Indie Fire, Alexis Records recording artist Chanel J. Wilson. She has been writing songs, poetry, and stories since she was 13 and performing since she was three years old. I think they're getting younger every week. Last week was like five years. They, they're getting younger every week. As an artist, she is, trained, she is a trained theatrical actress and voiceover performer, writer, author, dancer, public speaker, songwriter, and vocalist. She studied theater arts at San Francisco State University and screenwriting and editing at the Academy of Arts University. She also has a vocational certificate in recording arts at Diablo Valley College in Pleasant Hill, California, specializing in music business industry studies and is a member of ASCAP. She performed background vocals for Greg Scott on his song, Easier Done, than said. 
Chanel Singh style is an eclectic mix of joyful, peculiar, and theatrical energy pulling from her gospel choir background and love for R&B, soul, neo-soul, punk, and rock music. Her alto range and timbre has a vibrato that some have said calms and soothes the spirit and soul, and her stage presence is commanding, drawing people in with her charismatic smile and aura. Her writing style is thought-provoking, inspirational, and authentic realism, and shares the stories of her life. She believes in putting every microaggression, feeling, and vision into her words, melody, and song structure for the overall presentation of the music experience. When she creates her sound, she believes in trusting the process of the melodies that want to come out. After 15 years of working, after 15 years of work, shopping various ideas and creating a catalog of written material, Chanel J. Wilson released her debut R&B soul single, Draw Near to Me, in August of 2018. She is currently recording songs for her upcoming EP project, scheduled for release in late September 2019. Indie Fire listening audience, I present to you my guest this evening on Two Lit Tuesdays, Chanel J. Wilson. Thank you so much for having me this year. You are so very welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Again, as I stated earlier, you could have been anywhere uh, this afternoon, this evening, depending on where you're joining us from. Um, but you did take the opportunity to uh, grace us with the presence. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So performing since the age of three. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know what? I always have these revelations. Things start to click uh-huh. when when I go back and think about my guest on the last show. She gave a like a scenario of of how she started writing. And it all had yeah. to do with her as a child not having a sibling until she was eight. And so she had all these mm-hmm. these imaginary friends, all right? So I, mm-hmm. just, I just thought, you know, being age three, you've been, form, you know, performing since the age of three. Were you a dancer at the age of three? Yes, I was. Bingo. Yes, I was. <laughs> so was I. So was I. So I was sitting here thinking, like, wow, like, dang, three, that's, that's really young. Yeah, well, I was dancing at age three, too, so... Uh-huh. Yeah, see, it clicks. Yeah, all right. So we have that in common. Yeah, I started dancing when I was three too. Yeah. You know, I commanded. I commanded the stage at a very, very young age, and it just kind of mm-hmm. grew with me. You know, that's something that I, I mm-hmm. always hold dearly. I, I, I believe, you know, parents um, should never limit their children. Um, and when when they see that, I read, I read something that a mother wrote today. Her daughter's like 14, and she's um, she's what a lot of children consider plus size. I don't think they call them plus size at 14, but she's um, plus size for a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. But she's been dancing since the age of three. So, mm-hmm. um, and she's been the little. She said she you know she's been on the heavier side 
since she was four. She's all her body mm-hmm. has always been built that way. But yes. her mother says, you know, she goes to the doctor. She's healthy. She eats mm-hmm. healthy. She's just big bone, you know. But mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. is phenomenal. She's a phenomenal dancer. She's been in, you know, like eight, nine, ten different um, music videos. You know, she recently performed mm. with Lizzo, you know. Um, but the fact that her mother saw in her at age two, her watching her older siblings dance, and she saw that yeah. energy in her and that she wanted to dance, I feel that parents should never limit, you know, their children. When they see that in them, they should always go ahead and push them because they never know where it's going to take them, how far they're going to go with that. And so um, it just clicked when you, when I read that, that you were three. And now reading further on in your bio that you are still a dancer. <laughs> yes, in some, parents, in some parents, form I am. Oh, yes. <laughs> Parents never know, you know, where where that that little nugget that you drop in your children, you know, um, yeah. or what you introduce them to, where it's going to take them. Also, yes. reading in your bio, I see that you know, um, you're pulling a lot of your 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 energy from being in the gospel choir, and I I see that a lot yes. from the artists that we have yes. on the show. Um, their their roots were in the church. Guess what? Did you come from a um, a musical background? Um, yes, from from the church experience. I sang in a lot of gospel choirs at church, at school. Um, I did piano, so I've I've always been doing recitals um, since the first well, since I was three, but also in elementary school as well. So I've always had a performance background. When I was three, um, I danced with DC Dance Center, so we did ballet, tap, and jazz, and we would put on local performances and competitions. And so I was always just in that. I knew every season it was we did dance recitals all the way up until a certain time, and then we would go right into regional and national competitions. And is that what made you pursue um, your studies in theater arts? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've always been a very vocal, animated person. I've always been very, very creative, even if I wasn't at rehearsal or choir or dance. I would be at home writing, putting ideas together. So it was always natural. Everyone knew I was going to be some type of artist. I just didn't know what what form it was going to take. So, yes, that is exactly what made me go further and pursue and get into theater and then also film and editing as well. Now, I know that, and I I don't want to jump too far because I like to kind of stay in some type Mm -hmm. of order, but um, seeing that your your bio discusses your the certificate that you have. I think it's so important that not only um, when artists um, seek to, you know, they sit down and they say, um, I excel in this right here. I'm phenomenal. I'm a lyricist mm-hmm. and I can write. Yes. Um, or, or I have the voice and I can sing um, and mm-hmm. I'm going to make a career out of this. This is what I want to do. But they don't really 
no past that point right there. I need to hire a team. Right. I need to um, get a group of people that's going to work behind me and, and, and make sure that, you know, I get from point A to point B and B to C. But they themselves don't actually take the time to sit down and make sure that these people are working solid behind them. So I like the fact that you have uh, not only um, mastered, you know, your craft, but you've also got some paperwork that's also um, stating that, you know, you know the business aspect of yeah. this industry as well. Um, how important is that for an artist today to not only be able to say that, you know, I can write my lyrics or, or I can um, produce a beat, but I can also run my business for myself. How important is that? It's very important. Um, any job, any position, any training, anything that you do requires some form of training. And I know that when people look at the brand, when they see a songwriter or maker or an artist doing the performance side, sometimes we tend to forget it's also a business. You know, we call it show business. And right. when I went, when I when I really got serious about my songwriting, I said, if I'm going to do this, I need to understand what this business is really all about because. In the beginning, I was just doing theater and the different choirs for school and different, just different ideas of performances. I still had no idea how I wanted to get involved for my career. And when I really said, you know what, I got a lot, I got some good material here. I know I can do this. Let's learn the business. That training, as a result of taking those courses, learning recording arts, learning music business, publishing just how the industry works, how deals work, contracts, the craft of songwriting, those things shaped, molded me, and basically put me in a position where when we decided to put the tracks together and move forward with the business, I knew exactly how to lean on that business plan training, and mm -hmm. and that's what helps put out the brand. So it's very important for people who are trying to write, become artists, even if they're just on the songwriting side, to learn elements of the business and understand that the music industry changes a lot. So it's it's very important to stay up on all the many changes that happen. I, I want to say change like almost every six months to a year. <laughs> even now, we're still relearning some things with the way um, things are going because now everything's more of a streaming society. And I know when I was in school, it wasn't like that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and fast forward that time, it's not – I remember when when I came into the industry, I was getting emails, you know, maybe maybe once a day, I don't know, maybe every other day something had changed. You need to go reread this, um, tweak this. This is being done a little differently now. I'm getting emails every hour um, mm -hmm. when things are changing. And so, you know, you, you talk to people and you – I'm trying to explain um, uh, from a different perspective. Um, so coming from an artist, um, it may sound a little different, you know, um, but mm -hmm. it, is, it is important that you know um, every aspect of this industry, you know, not yes. just be able to write, write the song and then expect for the team to pull everything else together and um, you exactly. sign off. If you don't know what you're signing off on, you know? 
Um, so it's right. important to know all aspects of this is your brand. It's important, you know, and even if it's exactly. not um, your brand, um, it's someone else that you may be um, responsible for, you know. Um, yes. If you're thinking about, you know, entertainment um, management company or starting your own label, um, you know, exactly. down the road, it's important that you, you know, like you said, all elements of um, this industry uh-huh. and how it works. And, yes. and they all work. You know, it's like pieces of the puzzle. They all fit Exactly. Exactly. You can't have uh, this part here and know nothing about this part here because you get down the line exactly. and then you realize why, you know, you try to figure out why this didn't make any sense because you never fully understood that piece you were missing, you know, back there. So very right. important. They're all intricate parts that work together. Um, I know that you um, have a background love for the R&B, the soul, the the, the neo-soul, um, but how would you describe your musical style? Well, my musical style at this point is very, it's eclectic. It's definitely rooted in soul. That that's the overall. When I talked with my one of my producers about it, we were saying that I have this, it's like an indie, neo-soul, R&B meets um, a little bit of rock elements, a little alternative elements at times. But it's overall full. Mm-hmm. When, when you think about it, when you hear the gist of what I do, any, any song, it still has that soul element. So it's definitely soul. I love R&B. When I started really getting serious about songwriting, um, it was during the New Jack Swing era. So I really love that style of music and anything that that was that came out of that, of course. So R and B, definitely, definitely. Would you compare your sound to anyone out currently, or past, or a combination? I really, um, I like Amila Rue, um, and sometimes I think that mm. I do some things like her at times. India Ari as well. I really enjoy her. Mm-hmm. Some Erica Badu in some aspects when I look at some of the how I choreograph some poems and then also some of my vocals with some of the tunes that I do have. And then as of recently, I really enjoy Esperanza Spalding. And so when I play around with okay. melodies, I do a couple of things like she does every now and then. You may notice some of it in the background with Draw Near to Me when you hear it. But um, the way Esperanza Spalding does all of her melodies, I, I really glean from that. <laughs> I really glean from that. If you've ever heard any of her albums, you'll understand mm-hmm. exactly what I mean. Because she'll start off one way, and then she'll just kind of, you know, zip through it. You'll be like, what, what was that? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I glean from that. And I, and I appreciate that because when I start listening to her, it really stretched my melodies. I love her. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> very amazing artist. How has your um, I I I can't tell. So, when you listening, how has your older music changed from what you're putting out now? There's a maturity in my voice. Uh, my voice has definitely changed now that I'm now that I'm 
been 10 years since I did music school and I really got serious and then I started workshopping. So there's a definite maturity in both my voice, my approach, how I sing. There's, um, I hear pitch very differently now than I did when I first started out. And so when I'm working, I'm always looking to refine. So when I hear some of my older recordings, and especially if I'm going to do a rewrite or if I want to revamp something and and adjust it to what's going on right now, there's a great maturity. There's a depth. A lot of the materials that I have that's kind of just sitting in my catalog, I wrote before I became a mom. And so now that I'm a mom, it's like I see the world from a different place. I hear the world from a different place. My timbre has changed as a result. Yeah. So I approach it that way. So it's it's just a different maturity. That's the only way I can express explain. It's an evolution. It's a very different Chanel. And I'm appreciative of it because I think that was the element that was missing when I first started doing the catalog. How old is your child? I was five. I was five year old. So he's starting kindergarten soon. <laughs> so in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. I think the last Thank show you. we had a mom who, mother of four, who had mm-hmm. a uh, a new college freshman and a high school senior and then two younger ones. So now we have a, a, I almost said a kindergarten freshman, but we have a brand new kindergartner. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't remember that, but um, yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You can imagine what my world is like. Your music, 
I mm-hmm. question artists, um, like, you know, what's going on? Um, yeah. And I'm shocked me. I've only had one one artist on the show where um, he really couldn't tell me, and, and I don't know if he was being smart, but he really couldn't give me an answer. Like, he, he really... He had no growth. He said he had no growth. Luckily, I could hear the growth of music, but he couldn't mm-hmm. tell me. Yeah, you know, he just, he couldn't he couldn't tell me how he had grown from in the beginning until you know um, now. But it, it's life experiences, like um, becoming yeah. a, a mother, um, yeah, gaining um, some financial independency. Um, yeah. graduating, you know, with your master's, um, buying yeah. your new home, things like that, um, yeah, can change a person's uh, outlook mm-hmm. on their uh, musical career tremendously. And I've yes, seen it can. so much come across this show; it is phenomenal. Um, and when I can see an artist from the very beginning. Um, even if it's, you know, one or two year time span, but when I can see them mm-hmm. in the beginning and come back on the show, you know, two years later and see the growth, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um, but to be able to attribute your growth or, you know, whether it was in part or in whole to motherhood as a mother, that's, that's, that's yeah. phenomenal. I wish it's like, yeah. um, you have a boy or a girl? A little boy. A little boy. <laughs> yeah, I wish your son yeah. um, the best of luck in kindergarten this year. I pray that he has an amazing um, school year, that he is covered and protected yes. each and every day, um, as well as his, you know, his classmates, his teacher, and his school. Yes. Most definitely. Thank you. Most definitely. Um, as, a, as a female in this industry, um, mm-hmm. And I know that the R&B um, genre doesn't face as much um, skepticism mm-hmm. as, say, the hip-hop and the rap genres do. Mm-hmm. But as a female in this industry, have you faced any resistance or skepticism from um, other females or male counterparts? Um, you know, I have. When I'm in the beginning, I when I was in school and definitely outside of school, I would work on different projects, write hooks for various rappers, do various compilation projects. And because I have that background with recording arts and being familiar with the studio environment, a digital audio workstation, how you you lay out your 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 stereo image as far as how you want to lay out your tracks. Sometimes people, I forget. You know, I, I know I'm a woman and I'm going in there doing business, but I forget that. Because I'm a woman, that that element does kind of it bumps heads sometimes with some engineers. <laughs> I guess in those, in those moments, they'll, they'll uh, like say, "Can you fix EQ on that?" Oh, you know about that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and you know, and I'll chuckle at first, like, "Why are we having this conversation?" Like, "Oh, you're a woman, right. Chanel. That's why." Right. <laughs> so I have had those moments. I have, and. It's kind of funny. Um, there's been times where I've had a couple of people asking questions, um, and they finally just had to just kind of humble themselves. And they, I mean, they said, I just got to kind of humble myself. You know a lot. I just need to, I just need to sit up under you for a second. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's, let's do this. <laughs> and, and it had to do with, 
pretty confident. I'm pretty secure in who I am. I've got a great sense of self-esteem. So I try not to let it um, ruffle me when I'm in those environments. I just tell myself, rely on your training. This is, unfortunately, yes, we do have, so I'm trying to get political about it, but we do have those issues where people <laughs> still are, you don't have any issues with accepting a woman in certain roles. <laughs> and it's like, it's yeah. business. Business. We're here to do our job. I'll just get it done. I, I forget, you know. So, like I said, sometimes I'll forget. Like, oh, you're having this problem because I'm a woman. So, yeah. yeah. So those yeah. are the moments, and, and and it's you know it's a cute little chuckle, and then I just get right back on to you know what we're to ask. Now, because you um, know, I guess I'm I'm more uh, between a novice. And uh, let me just say I'm a novice. Yeah. So because you have more of an expert level uh, or more proficient um, with studio work, which do you prefer, prefer more, studio work or performing live? Studio work meaning in studio recording, um, in studio um, producing. Um, which, which do you prefer more? Oh, that's a... I'm not going to say it's a difficult question. I actually enjoy both of them, and I'm trying to trying to figure out how to answer this one. I enjoy performing from the place of the stage, the presence, the experience, the, the adrenaline rush. I love, you know, putting on that showcase from what you've rehearsed. That's always very fun. But then there's such an art form in the studio as well because that's when you're being creative. That's when you're doing the writing, when you're trying to figure out what, what, how we're going to do this song, what, what, how we're going to do this melody. Let's let's rework that again. Okay, after we've done that, let's listen to this mix, you know. How, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that pan? You know, can you put a little bit of EQ in there? Can you take the EQ off of there? Can you push that back? So it's, it's, they're both creative. So, so I, I actually enjoy both of them from a like different place. <laughs> I, I do, and what I love about the studio, I will also add, is that it's a canvas. That that's that's where I'm wet with my paintbrush. So I get to take the candy and turn it in my head, or been humming for a couple of days, and I finally get to hear it out and in, in complete with all the different nuances, background sounds and somebody playing the guitar under it. That, that, that's what I love about that studio moment. So, you know, it, it, for me, I know when I'm in the studio, be it here at my little workstation at home or when I'm in um, Hayward where we're located at, I, I swear I'm in there like a mad scientist with my producers just, you know, let's do this. I'm going to put clothes on and just, just it's an excited moment, but at the same time it's work. So, you know, it's like a little maestro. And it's okay, I like this. How do you feel about that? And I like that I have a team that I can bounce ideas off of also. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your whole level, your, the energy just changed completely when you started yes. talking about the studio. <laughs> I'm going with the studio. She likes the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. likes the studio. <laughs> yeah. No, Performance is fun. I'm not saying it's not fun, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, studio, definitely. I know that your EP yeah. is set to be released uh, the end of September. Yes, and I know that, you know, we we don't like to give out too many details um, about um, upcoming projects. Um, we don't want to push your hand on, you know, any of the hot, juicy details. But I do know that you mentioned it's a three-track EP. Yes. Um. What what can you tell me? 
Um, it's basically going to be a project about conversations about conditional love and how it impacts humanity. So I basically took a lot of journal writings, and the lyrics are coming from just the most vulnerable places in my journal where I talk about conditional love. And I gave myself permission to just, just put put it out there, so to speak, like just say it. So we think all these things all the time and how it impacts us. And I just really want to have a something that opens up the door to having more conversations about conditional love. We talk about how love should be unconditional, but unfortunately right. in our society, we, we face so many different behaviors. And in my background, I've done some work in mental health. And I've learned a lot about just human behavior, studying human behavior, functional and dysfunctional relationships. And so when I really, really just gave myself, I said, I'm going to put some of this in my writing and my, and my music. And so that's what this project is all about, is talking about that and how it impacts us as humans and just how we can get back to that, that whole place also. So I'm being very transparent with this project. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I would have had people in here with me, they would have been pointing a finger at me like, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'm be the first I'm gonna be the first one. We got pre sale, I'm be the first one. Don't worry. I got it. I got it, guys. You don't have to tell me. I got it. So now drawing it to me. Is that on this E P or are these all fresh new tracks? It is on the EP, but it's a, it's going to be a revisited version of it. So we have right. one version that's out right now, but we're going to get a completely different version of it. It's like I'm dipping in a whole other melodic well with it. Well, I want to go ahead and give the listening audience uh, this version <laughs> right here. Now, keep in mind, unless yeah. you've already purchased this, unless you go and purchase this, the next time you hear this, it's not going to sound the same. All right? I want you to come back talking mm-hmm. out. But wait, it didn't sound this. She already told you. And get all <laughs> different spins on the EP. All right? This is Draw Near to Me, uh, Chanel. And I'm. Pro- am I saying your name right? Is it Chanel? Guys, did you hear her? She might have to say that all over again. All right, try that again for me. It's Chanel. like a whole robot. That's that West Coast, East Coast thing we got going on right now. She's sounding like a whole robot right now. You know what? This got this is drawing near to me. In a minute, we're going to get the correct pronunciation of her name. To tune in live right here on Indie Fighter with uh, Nakia on Two It Tuesdays with Drawing Near to Me.
Hello? Hey, now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, C-Town Records, Mistress of Soul. And you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip-hop hits, Indie Fire. She's just tuning in. You're live right here on Indie Fire with Nakia on Two Week Tuesdays with our host. Oh, I'm sorry. I am the host. So with our guest, say it. Chanel J. Wilson. There you go. I don't know what happened before. We had some some technical difficulties. Um, I mean, she was sounding like a robot, or maybe I was sounding like the robot. I don't know, but her name sounded like... Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that was drawn near to me. You know what? So I think that sounded, and you didn't mention her at all. I think that sounded like Jill Scott. Oh. Erica Badu. <laughs> yes, Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Elsmerelda Spalding. All of them combined. Yeah. And, and I, I, I heard one more person. Um. I heard one more person. But see, now i got to go back and listen to it all over again. I normally listen to a track like three times to get a feel for it. But mm-hmm. I told you, you know, what, what pulled me in initially is the fact that um, there's no there's no intro. Um, Not with this one. It just starts right off. And you'd be like, what? Hold up. Let me start back <laughs> over. First of all, I've got to rewind because there's supposed to be like 10 seconds of just music playing, and it just starts right off. And so yeah. now you have to absorb um, the energy and the voice when, um, because it's so powerful when she first starts out. Yeah. Um, so that first, like I said, the first the 12 seconds is what I kept playing over and over and over. Then I, I added like 10 more seconds. And then I, I finally stopped because I, I didn't want to hear no more um, before the show. Um, Understood. But <laughs> but um, I, I kind of hear like um, a, there's like a your voice has like a guttural um, raw um, punk feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. but like you said, like eclectic, um, very classic, yeah, very, um, <laughs> and I, I want you to, I'm going to have to pull her social media information up. I want you to, uh, reach out to this young lady. Her album is going to be dropping, uh, really soon as well. Um, okay. On Instagram, she is I am Billy Lee. Um, I am Billy Lee. Okay. B I L L I E L E I G H. I want you to reach out okay. to her. Your voice okay. and her voice together. Oh my gosh. Um, she is. She has a um. Etta James, um, mm-hmm. 
um, Billie Eilish, um, um, type of voice, combine that together. Oh, Etta James, Billie Eilish, Mahalia Jackson, all three of them combined. Mm. Combined, okay. Combined. Powerful voice. Mm. Crazy. Just crazy. Oh. Okay, um, Billy Lee, I'll definitely check her out. Yeah. Um, but the two of you together on something. Ugh. I yeah, I could see that. Got chills thinking okay. about yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you had the opportunity, and I know, I know you you mentioned um just um artists who you know kind of give inspiration or or who you know your sounds you know make be compared to, but if you had the opportunity to be able to perform with anyone. Um, whether they're, you know, still living or deceased, who would that person or those individuals be? Hmm. I think about, let's see, I really enjoyed, I just recently saw Joe Scott perform um, out out this way. I would love to do something with Joe Scott. That would be so cool. I think that would be really awesome. Um, Erica Bandu also. Um, I would say Prince, but there are, I love Prince so much. But for me, Girl. I like being in the position of the fan, so I would actually want to be on the other side just watching him perform. <laughs> I saw him, I've seen him perform about six times. So, but I would love to study Girl. him, like just sit and study with him or something like that. But you know who I would love to perform with maybe? That would be really cool? Janelle Monae. I, I enjoy Janelle Woo! Monae so much. Un- I, I, oh. I would love to do something with her. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I really enjoy it. Just something really cool. It could either be high energy or it could be, you know, something orchestral, uh, something with her first album. We could figure it out. But, oh, wow. I, I, I always, every time she comes on the stage, I'm just grinning. So I, I would enjoy something like that. Uh, that would be an, I would buy the ticket to that. I would buy tickets to that concert. Yeah. Definitely. On the outset um, of of all of this, say say in the very beginning when you first started, um, well, let's backtrack 15 years ago when you first started um, to create yeah. a catalog of your written material. Um, what what was your mission then? At the time, it <laughs> I'll be honest, it was to save the world <laughs> and. The vision that I had was in, I was in my mid-20s at that point. And so my mission at the time was just to write lyrics that would save the world. That would be some type of revolutionary writer who would just come in on some kind of either folk folk type deal or just write hit records. That was, that was kind of where I was coming from during that time. And I wanted to take the industry by storm. So that's kind of where I was coming from then. My lyrical content... I've always wrote in depthly because I've I'm also a writer. So when I say that it's changed now, now that I'm you know, now that I've been doing this for a little bit, the difference is just how I approach the world. Before I was approaching it from this place where I, I want to come out and save the world. Now I look mm-hmm. at it from a, a from a different 
perspective. It's now, what can I do to leave a nugget that will help the world 50 years from now? <laughs> I recognize that, you know, it's not just because I'm older, but I, I just recognize that the world is, you know, the world is what it is. And we write these materials. We have a voice that has something to say. We see life from a certain perspective. So now I look at it from a place of I want to write something that invokes thought, inspires someone to do something that may save the world. That That's how I look at it now. So that's the difference between where I was when I first started writing. <laughs> Are you allowing um, your voice, your brand um, to be active in the community so that you're spreading um, what the vision is? For your brand, I do. Um, I'm very vocal around my regional community, as far as family, friends, my local artist community. I'm always very vocal about what's going on, the social issues, and just different things, injustice. I'm very vocal. So when it comes to my art aspects, I'm always looking at how can my art be a service to help push the solution versus be a part of the problem. So that's how I look right. at it. Whenever I put on any kind of presentation or showcase or or idea, even if when we're, I try to act responsibly when it comes to doing that. So, yeah. And do you write? I know this is a um, a question that I, I guess a lot of people. half-hearted as you think of, when you write your lyrics, do they come from a place um, of experience? Do they come from um, other people's life experiences? Um, Are they made up? It's a combination of all three. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of all three. Um, definitely my own experiences, definitely other experiences. People, um, I know there's one song that I wrote, um, I haven't released it yet, and it was inspired by watching The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, I watched that movie, and literally as soon as I turned the movie off, I just went to my keyboard and started playing around with the progression and wrote those lyrics. And so other people's life stories, really can in, impact me as well. I'm always a storyteller when it comes to my writing, and, and I believe in just the art form of storytelling and in the, the the Aesop fable kind of moral aspects of storytelling as well, where you're looking for that meaning, so to speak, and what it does, what it produces when the next human comes in contact with that expression. So for me, it's, it's always my experience and as well as other people's experiences and other stories that I've heard. It could be something I heard on the news and it's just like, wow, and I'll process it for a couple of days. And then I'll just start kind of either journaling, writing in prose. Sometimes I may just start writing it out verse, chorus, and figure out where the melody's going. But that's where it comes from. And do you try to follow a trend? Do you... Does your music, is it based on what your listening audience wants to hear? Or do you stick with, you know, writing about life experiences and, you know, um, what, it, what influences I, I, you to write the music that you write? 
when it comes to I, I've always I always operate from a place of you I can put my I give us permission to put my microaggressions in my art as far as my lyrics, my writings. And then I also tell myself I have to be disciplined in that my craft and then also put out that that expression as far as what what is on your heart, what is it that it needs to be stated. When it comes to the trends, I do listen and test the climate of what's going on. But I've never been a follow the trend kind of person. I, I've always operated almost like the person that comes ahead of the time or comes right in the gap when it's to fill in the need of what's happening in the midst of that trend. And I understand that, you know, with marketing and trending and how there's always things that trend in a way where, you know, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way or my version. I've, I've always been very different that way where I won't follow the trend. I'm always going to take whatever it is and I'm going to bend it in a way to give us a different perspective or give us a different horizon or, or provide a different type of solution or healing or some form of relief. That's, that's how I operate when um whenever I am releasing something or expressing something. It's it's testing the climate of what's happening in the trend. Awesome. What is the last thing that you had the opportunity to teach someone else? Um, the last thing was I was having a conversation with someone um in the industry and basically I was explaining that this is a business. Overall, yes, our heart and our passion is in the art, and most of us are very sensitive about our work. But to always keep the business cap on because, you know, time isn't forever. Yes, our artwork will last in time, but we want to always have a goal of what we're doing. You don't want to just spin your wheels in the studio or spin your wheels with, okay, I'm going to do this record, I'm going to do that record, I'm going to jump here, I'm going to jump there. But I still have a goal. I have a goal for the music. I have a goal for my business projection. I have a goal for how I want to stretch as an artist and evolve as an artist. And then also I have a goal, you know, for revenue as far as where I want to see myself in so many years with the art. So that was the conversation that I had with one person. And just from there, we both were able to, we both got something out of it. It wasn't just like I'm just telling that one person. It, it revamped me overall. And anytime I talk with anybody and I share something, it revamps me and it puts me back into a place of just humility and just focusing on this is also a business. So not getting, when I say don't get carried away in the expression, don't get carried away in the heart, um, so like putting your heart on your sleeve, but being open to if this is a business, refine your work. Pay attention to your craft. Be disciplined in the craft. Take an honest listen at the work and say, is is this my best performance or is this my best work that I could put out there? Or can I take a little bit more time and, and, and refine it? So just, just being respectful to the art form of the business as well. And what was the last thing that you learned from someone? Uh, remaining patient in the process, always remaining patient in the process, continuing to glean and evolve. Uh, for me, for some reason, the word change has always been a really weird thing for me. <laughs> um, I don't hold all of those things hostage, but evolution and really trusting the process of evolution. When I started music, 
it was not a streaming society. We're doing more downloads, and people still were pushing CDs. Now it's a streaming society, and people, some people do have CDs out, but because the society has changed, so for me, it's evolving, it's learning, it's record, it's, it's always and listening, trying to listen more too to um, everyone, be it millennials, be it just listen, listen to the generations before, even listen to my own generation, Generation X, and then just from there gleaming and always just distrusting the process and, and what we're doing. We're just trying to get to this thing, you know, called life, so to speak. So. All right. So now I want you to take the last thing that you taught someone and the last thing that you learned from someone, combine those two things. And say there's someone who's listening right now and they are an up-and-coming artist and they listen to the interview and they say, you know, well, no, I, I I like the way she sounds. I kind of sound the way she sounds. I believe I got what it takes to make it in the industry, um, but I don't know what the next step is that I need to take. What piece of advice can you offer to that individual um, so that they can get up off the couch and take the next step? <laughs> <laughs> the first question I would tell them, the first thing I would do is I would tell them to ask themselves, what do they want? I would tell them to write it down, write write it in detail. What do you want? Where do you want to see yourself from this point until five years from now in this particular art form, business, career? Ask, asking yourself that question will then tell you what, what next steps to take. Because some people may want to do the business behind the scenes aspects and the production aspects of show business. And then some people actually may want to follow through with being an artist and a performer. So from there, once they decide, okay, I want to be the performer, then there, how is your vocals? How are your pitch? What, what's going on? Do you have a vocal coach? What's your regimen? And then um, say if it's on the other side, I want to I want to do the business deals. Okay, what do you know about contracts, business? Have you had class? Go look at your local, you know, either uh, local community college or even have a workshop and take take a course. Jump into the industry. Jump into the network. Try to find someone to mentor you. And then also understanding that it's a business, so really wrapping, getting your head solid on the fact that it's a business. That That's a lot of artists fall because they don't put the head, they don't put think with the, the mindset of this is a business. They put their heart into it with the artistry. And it, it, it's a, it is a catch-22 because the music, the inspiration comes from the heart and the artistry. But really getting a solid rap on that business will govern and guide you in the flow of carving out that career. And, and that's the other thing, understanding that this type of career, you have to carve it out. If if you're not presenting it, no one's going to know that you have that type of art or that type of, I wouldn't say gimmick, but that type of, um, uh, yeah, I would say art or that type of content. So evolve. Look at everything that you can do. Work that brand, refine it, and put it out there. So that, that's the advisement or the advice I would give someone who's, Trying to figure out where do I start? What do I do with this? Well, there you have it. Awesome advice, as as always. I don't I don't want you guys to listen in on the show and hear week after week these uh, artists, entrepreneurs, authors, um, giving you advice and then you sitting there just just holding on to it now because they're giving you. Um, 
this these are these are more than nuggets that they're dropping. Like um, you, a lot of this information you you can't go buy this stuff for free. I mean, you know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't get it for free. You gotta go buy it. So they're giving you this knowledge for free. Um, and this is very good information, stuff that a lot of them have had to, you know, um, trial and error to perfect. You know what I'm saying? So um, yes. when they're providing you this information, take the notes, go back, um, listen to the playback show, get the information if they're dropping names, if they're dropping websites, get the information, go back, research it for yourself, and apply it, you know, to your um, music career or your book career. Um, or whatever it is that you're aspiring to do, you know, so that um, you can be the best you um, that you are aspiring to be. I do want to thank you again for joining me this evening. It's that time of the show uh, where, you know, we got to say goodbye. Um, the floor is now yours. I'm opening it up to you to go ahead and get all of your contact information out for anyone who may be listening live now who may want to, of course, get in contact with you um, to, um, I don't know, collaborations, they want studio time with you, they want to get you in their studio, um, you know, to lay down some uh, beats for them, I don't know what they may need you for, but for whatever <laughs> it is, the floor is now yours to go ahead and get all of your contact information out um, to those who may be listening live now or, again, come back and listen to a playback show. Yes, and thank you so thank you so much for having me. Um, you can look at me both on Twitter and Instagram at Chanel J Wilson. That's C H A N E L L J Wilson. Um, um, all those social media platforms. Also on Facebook at Chanel J Wilson Music. You can find my record Draw Near to Me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, and CD Baby. And then also my personal website is um, www.chanelljwilson.com. And there I have a list of just all the projects I'm working on, upcoming projects, some of the books I write, and then also the upcoming music ideas that I have coming up as well. And then um, I just want to also just um, give a quick thank you as well to um, our president of Olympus Records, Bob Jacobs, Alex Linkford, Rick Hernandez. He helped out with Draw Near to Me as far as he's going to be a bigger producer. Christopher Batten, who is my associate producer and also the overseer of all of the projects that I'm working on. And then my pre-production producer, Hank Poetic Beats Marshall with the the Soup Kitchen, as well as um, the other writer on Draw Near to Me, Roy Grace, as well. Thank you to those um, men and women um, as well. Thank you again, Gregory Beasley, for your connection um, and lining up this uh, interview. Coming up uh, this Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have um, host and speaker and um, writer Rosalind L., uh, that's Thursday the 22nd, and then on the 27th, we will have motivational speaker and author Caso Moore will be joining us at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That will close out the month of August. No show next Thursday. Um, my baby will be turning 14. Got birthday party to attend. Oh, yes. Uh, so if you cannot uh, make them all, most definitely do not miss them all. Thank you again for joining us this evening on this episode of Two It Tuesdays right here on Indie Fire. And again, um, 6.30 p.m. on Thursday with Rosalind L. As always, I want to leave you with a quote. 
Music is a great natural high and a great natural escape. That's Shania Twain. <laughs> Until Thursday at 30 p.m., have a good night.